0: Talk to us now and go to the TNT Radio Interactive live chat room at TNTradio.live. Lighting the fuse for freedom.
1: Today's News
2: Talk Radio,
1: TNT.
2: Patrick Henningsen
1: and TNT.
0: All right, folks, welcome. Welcome to hour number two of this live broadcast. Thank you for joining us. Hello to everybody in the TNT chat community. We've got a big hour coming up, so you want to stay tuned. Look, we're going to be connecting with our legal correspondent in the Big Apple. He's been in the Trump trial. I mean, live tweeting. If you follow Matthew Russell Lee on Twitter, um, he's absolutely tearing it up, getting massive traction as well as mainstream media coverage on that. We're very fortunate to be able to talk to Matt, uh, and we'll talk to him about this latest Trump trial. What an incredible scene! And there's a lot more. Uh, there's a lot more scandals. A lot more inside stuff. We're gonna we're gonna share with you as well later in this hour. Uh, great segment of course by chris williamson i mean he's so passionate but uh, so well informed on this issue of the middle east they focus on it on his program palestine declassified can watch it on rumble it's banned on youtube no surprise there but uh great to have chris there with us and uh, we'll we'll share that interview as well up on our x twitter platforms as well as on the other social media Uh, platforms that we were running as well, promoting some of this great content at TNT, today's news talk. And listen, now, let me uh, give you a a scoop based on what Chris was saying. When we was talking about the political price that's being paid um, in the United States, It's not only a partisan price, but there's also what they call a crisis of confidence in government in general. And case in point, Rishi Sonak, who was not elected, by the way, he's an unelected prime minister of Britain. He's just a placeholder of sorts. Maybe he'll uh, run for the general election for leadership again, who knows if he'll make it or not with the conservative Tory party, you never know. They tend to change uh, jockeys on their horse every couple of weeks or whatever. Uh, but the UK prime minister, Rishi Sunak says he will ignore international law. That's a great headline. Uh, it doesn't inspire a lot of confidence, however, but, uh, Sunak is prepared to defy European human rights laws in order to deport migrants to Rwanda. So interesting. British Prime Minister Rishi Sunak has refused to back down over the controversial plan to send uh, illegal immigrants to, that are going into the UK to Rwanda in Central Africa, claiming on Thursday that he's prepared to ignore international law on the issue and impose a temporary injunction that would impose a temporary injunction on deportations. So Sunak's proposal, which comes amid the government's flagship, stop the boats campaign designed to curb illegal immigration into the UK, passed the latest legislative hurdle uh, just this week in the House of Commons on Wednesday. And uh, he also weathered a Tory rebellion in the process. So it's always a divisive issue, very emo- emotional issue, the immigration issue. And and it always plays huge during election cycles. So if there's going to be a general, or there's going to be election call this year, or whenever uh but probably what next fall um if if there's going to be a general called then of course the immigration issue is going to be a big one it could actually be the pivotal issue and the conservatives tories have played this like a fiddle Uh, they played the public like a fiddle on this especially the northern uh former labor strongholds with regards to brexit that was a very clever move that pretty much ensured the conservatives stay in power for another at least 10 years so longest reigning continuous party occupation of government for maybe in the history of britain i'm not sure but uh i think we're going to bring in basil valentine uh we might have basil on the line let's see if we've got basil uh on the live link we do we're going to bring our uh, intrepid correspondent basil valentine on the line right now basil thank you for joining
1: us good afternoon patrick good to be with you and uh, hello to our listeners all around the world
0: so I was just talking before the break. Uh, first of all, I want to get your reaction. I don't know if you heard any of Chris Williams' uh, interview uh, we had in the previous hour. And you want to add on anything that he talked about? But uh, Brit- the British government's basically thumbing its nose at international law. Uh, they're basically saying we're going to disregard uh, the European uh, Convention on Human Rights on the- over the deporting immigrants to Rwanda. Plus, they're kind of ignoring international law and the Genocide Convention by denying that Israel is guilty of genocide. So genocide denial is the policy of the British government at the moment. Uh, It's a pretty shocking state of affairs, and even worse, Basil, it's got a cross-party consensus on this. What do you think?
1: Yes, you said in a segment with Chris, you know, will there be a turning point? You know, Mm. one has thought really almost every day for the first couple of months of the massacre in Gaza, that at some point if they were decent human beings, then the vast majority of politicians in West, in Europe and in the House of Commons in the UK would stick their hands up and say, you know, I've been an Israel supporter in the past, but this is absolutely sickening, enough is enough. That hasn't happened uh, and it's been the same with the corporate media still trumpeting about October 7th, October 7th. You know, as an absolutely vile piece in the New York Times today, which was highlighted by Norman Finkelstein and Aaron Marte as well, celebrating the role of female soldiers in the Israeli army. Uh, you know, how wonderful it is, how feminist it is now that women can go and kill other women and children too. A really bizarre, shocking piece. Um, The UK government, likewise, you know, we'd hoped that perhaps they would row back from their Likudnik stance. It's the only way to describe it, really. It seems both political parties in the UK, both major parties, are to all intents and purposes the property of the Israeli Likud, the UK Home Secretary, the ill-named James Cleverley, Tweeted out today, Hizb ut promotes terrorism. It is a vile, anti-Semitic group. It has no place in our country. From today, any member of the group or anyone who invites support for it will face the full face of the law. So which group is
0: which, which group is
1: that? Uh, it's a religious Islamic group called Hizb ut Tariya. I'm not familiar with it. They had a spokesman on um, with Piers Morgan several weeks ago now and he refused to condemn Hamas. Mm. Thereby putting him uh, in uh, the UK government's bad books, of course, Um, but they haven't killed anyone. They're saying Hezbollah Terrier promotes terrorism, cleverly is saying, because they're not prepared to denounce Hamas. So, so if you don't if
0: you, if you don't publicly denounce Hamas then you're somehow tangentially uh guilty of terrorism.
1: So it would appear I don't know the extent to which Hezbollah promote Hamas or that you know there's obviously a line between that and simply refusing to condemn them but uh, uh Yeah this know.
0: is this is a slippery slope uh legally there because is. Because the the term terrorist group is a political designation given by governments. To political movements or to other uh, governments in the in the world uh, take Hezbollah for example they've been designated a terrorist group um, when Sanji Javid I believe when he was home secretary or foreign secretary they changed the position so often I don't know what the musical chairs in Westminster but um, so a- anybody promoting or seem to be glorifying Hezbollah or you know taking their side even who knows how far that goes that's somehow you're you're tangentially guilty of terror But France doesn't designate Hezbollah as a terrorist group, you see, the reason France doesn't designate it is because if they did, they would have to, they would have to designate the French resistance to Nazi occupation in World War II against the, with the Vichy government. They'd have to designate the the French resistance a terrorist organization, historically, retrospectively. So that's one of the reasons politically why that's a slippery slope. So you can't have an objective conversation about a national armed liberation struggle. Uh, when you have this sort of Damocles hanging over your head in a country, for instance, like Britain, that's trying to basically control speech and analysis or support for political support for an armed liberation struggle, many in the world, in the global South and internationally, uh, UN member states regard Hamas as a armed uh, liberation struggle against an occupation that's just a fact and you know uh, it it, it's so heavily politicized basil
1: yes france though have unfortunately joined germany in opposing the south african case at the icj so they can't exactly be held up as beacons of any virtue a great Mm -hmm. disappointment to the republic Uh, Better news, Swiss prosecutors say criminal complaints have been filed against Israeli President Isaac Herzog following his visit to Davos this week. Uh, They have confirmed that Israel's president is the subject of criminal complaints filed during his visit to the World Economic Forum. The Criminal complaints will be examined according to the usual procedure, according to the Office of the Swiss Attorney General. It said it would contact the Swiss Foreign Ministry to assess the question of immunity. Of the individual concerned. The office did not provide details about the nature and number of complaints, nor who they had come from. The spokesperson for Herzog obviously did not comment on the statement. And Herzog returned to Israel last night.
0: So, yeah, uh, Israel was there lobbying at Davos. I also saw Zelensky lobbying at Davos. Davos uh, is becoming more like a NATO summit, uh, uh, Basil. A lot more militaristic talk, uh, a lot of talk about we need to get the Russians. So that seems to be, as a talking shop, it seems to be taking on the military mantle. Uh, in, in Davos, along with all the technocratic stuff there but yeah israel is very keen to shore up its public relations image which is totally fractured at the moment uh and increasingly so look we're going to take a break basil so hold that thought i'm here with basil valentine our intrepid correspondent this week here on the program when we come back we'll talk about the issues of the middle east the wef and more i'm your host patrick henningson stay right there
1: tnts for voye morich he
0: details factually how Russia is rolling out the algorithm ghetto, um, you know, the, the, the multipolar edition of the algorithm ghetto, a prototype of a traffic light that records traffic violations by a pedestrian at a crossing was tested in Moscow. So Russians now they'll they'll have a the government will take a snapshot of their face and then run that through the databases to figure out who is who and then find them. Uh, I suppose. Uh, and then, you know, he, he points out that there are a lot of developments now. Moscow 2030, it's, it's uh, they want to make uh, Moscow achieve smart city status. Uh, and there's just, you know, y- you look at the white papers, Moscow and Russia are all in on Agenda 2030, smart cities, algorithm ghetto, digital IDs. For
2: Morich on today's News Talk TNT. The Light is Britain's far-right conspiracy theory paper spreading hate and vicious lies. No, that's what the BBC say. The Light is the only national newspaper bringing you the real news and informed opinion on what's really going on today. You can subscribe, order copies, submit articles, and read back issues on our website, thelightpaper.co.uk, and see for yourself why the establishment are so worried about the uncensored truth getting out to people every month. The Light Paper. Not far-right, just right so far. TheLightPaper.co.uk Today's News Talk Radio. I do a lot of streaming radio. I do
1: a lot of free streaming.
2: TNTradio.live
0: Welcome back, folks. Welcome back. We're in the second hour of this live broadcast here on Friday. TNT Today's News Talk. Let's welcome on to the program again, Basil Valentine, our intrepid correspondent in basil before the break uh, we were talking about uh, the WEf and how some of these issues uh these wars are sort of infecting the conversation there Europe's doubling down on everything on Ukraine on the genocide uh, in in Gaza so what can we expect uh, going forward for 2024 lots of elections coming up around Europe. Basil, maybe in the UK. There's a general on the cards later in the year. How are these issues going to affect uh, the ballot box? What do you think?
1: Well, you know, we need a sea change in British political life, in European political life. As Chris said uh, in his segment, there's never been a bigger disconnect between public opinion and uh, the self serving careerist politicians who, for the time being at least, see the path to career advancement being through Zionism um, and through slavish devotion to NATO and warmongering. This has been a sort of a growing trend throughout this century, really, ever since 9-11. Um, and uh, it reached a new peak today with Boris Pistorius, I don't know if you saw this, the German defence minister, saying that Vladimir Putin could launch an attack on NATO in the next five to eight years, um, with one top officer from the Alliance even calling on nations to be ready for all-out war with Moscow within two decades. Um, now, how exactly he knows what uh, the political landscape is gonna look like in 20 years' time is one thing. Even aside from the fact he thinks he may have a crystal ball, uh, this is admiral bob bauer chair of the nato military committee um it, it's uh, this is deranged psychopathy you know the whole point about the previous cold war was that there could be no war between two nuclear armed powers mad mutually assured destruction okay very very simple really so the fact that the idiots are even talking like this, shows the extent to which conversation around matters, uh, military and international diplomacy, has degenerated to the point where it now seems to be led by idiotic people with educationally subnormal levels of intelligence.
0: Well, they did well on their uh, uh, standardized test scores, apparently, enough to get into Oxbridge uh, in some of the elite schools, but... Uh, you yeah, know. I
1: don't know that they did, actually, Patrick, so <laughs> okay. I've got to put you up there. I have no <laughs> idea where Bob Bauer went, but often these people, because you knew one or two of them from my public school days, often they were the stupidest people in mm. the school that went into the army directly from school, uh, bypassing university or sometimes getting a place at university by virtue of the fact that they were already in the army but nobody with an ounce of intelligence ever went into the military strictly for the brain dead
0: controversial statement there by mr (laughs) mr v um looking uh so On the the subject of um, Gaza in the Middle East, um, what are some of the latest breaking updates uh, that we need to know about? Uh, We're already seeing uh, this statement by Netanyahu. I can't believe he said this publicly, basically saying, from the river to the sea, we need to control everything. So that was regarded as a, quote, genocidal statement by the Palestinian protesters in the West, and they tried to outlaw this chant, this song, and here we go. Netanyahu's using it. Do you hear any condemnation coming from the Western governments over his use of it? No, I mean,
1: of course, of course not. We won't. But what it does do is mean that the protesters can shout it louder and more often than any be- before, and you know, any attempt to censor them, let alone prosecute anybody for saying anything like that, is dead in the water. You know, before it's even started. So you know, in some ways. The fact that Netanyahu has been so brazen, so arrogant um about his intentions, which he stated very plainly, many times before. I mean, you know, Tony Blinken going around saying there has to be a pathway to a Palestinian state, all this stuff, but, you know, politicians in Brussels and London endlessly repeating this two-state mantra. Um oh, I've been saying for some years, Patrick, that you know, sooner or later if they're serious about the establishment of a Palestinian state, uh, then an enormous amount of pressure has to be applied to the Israelis to shift their stance. It's as simple as that. Without that pressure, it's not going to happen. Now, you know, with governments effectively captured by the Likud, like the British government, the um, American government, are they going to be prepared to put the required amount of pressure on? Almost certainly not. Well, apart from anything else sanctioning Israel is anti-semitic isn't it Patrick you'd never Israel cannot be sanctioned because of its actions even if they behaves like a homicidal maniac um because to do so would be anti-semitic this sort of catch-all term that basically negates uh, Israel's crimes in an instant uh, almost as if, Being or being perceived as anti-Semitic for some reason, is a worse crime than massacring thousands of children. We are in this very, very bizarro world where simply the accusation of something uh, is considered in some circles at least to be worse than massacring thousands of innocent people. Absolutely, you know, beyond mad.
0: Yeah, it is. I, as I said to with Chris Williamson, we're in a, a major moral crossroads uh, internationally on this. Uh, so many people have staked, I think, just not only their political careers but the reputation of their governments by siding with Israel on what's yes. happened in Gaza. You know, and and, and you know, and en- engaging in genocide denial as a government policy, as Germany has done, yes. as Justin Trudeau has done as the British and the Americans have done. I see a pattern developing here, Basil. I see the usual suspects here, whether it's Brussels, London, Washington. These are the nodes of control on narrative management on this. Go ahead.
1: I mean, supposedly uh, diplomacy is about to restart next week. EU foreign ministers are going to hold a series of meetings on Monday with counterparts from Israel and the Palestinian Authority and key Arab nations about prospects for a future peace settlement Uh, the new Israeli foreign minister Israel Katz and his Palestinian counterpart Riyad al-Maliki will both be there but they're not expected to meet each other uh, which is interesting um yeah I mean you know the European Union has been abysmally weak on this as ever you know uh, von der Leyen, uh, particularly, has disgraced herself uh, and the whole of the European Union with her wholesale endorsement of uh, the genocide. And, uh, you know, it's to be hoped, you know, the, the Mexico and Chile just last night announced that they're taking a case to the ICC, the International Criminal Court, uh, there was a joint press conference last night by the Presidents of Mexico and Chile. Now, as you said earlier, with Chris, the ICC is next to useless. Um, but the pressure on them is building to start to to start to act. Israel doesn't recognise the ICC and won't pay any attention to its rulings. I mean, I don't think Israel will pay any attention to anybody's rulings. ICC, ICJ, no, but they,
0: but uh, but if they issue an indictment, it doesn't matter if they don't recognise or haven't signed or ratified the Rome Statutes. Any anybody who's named in that indictment, if they travel and step foot in any country that isn't signatory, the arrest warrant uh, can then be executed. So just, just uh, that's that's something that Russia has faced. Uh, they're not a signatory, right? Um, but Palestine is, uh, although it's not an official state, as observer status uh, in the in the UN, they recognize a genocide treaty. So anything that takes place on their territory as well, they then um, that that's the legal basis. Actually, that's the final legal basis. Um, so Israel can be in the dock. Every single politician, every single member of the military, and theoretically anybody aiding and abetting. Um, them in that could eventually be snared there's no statute of limitations on it basil that's the interesting part
1: you know well you know this is great news you know we should see uh, scores of arrests you know um across european capitals and washington you know i very much doubt we will but the further we go in that direction the better i mean yes if the icc find against israel you know, on any meaningful war crime charge, again, you know, they're not going to do anything about it, but it's a very bad look. And in terms of our ability, for example, to denounce the supporters of genocide in our governments, in our capitals, amongst our politicians, it gives us ammunition to do so. You know, if you are supporting a country that the ICC has declared in breach of international law, guilty of crimes against humanity, Um, all right, you can try and deflect and, you know, that country may not recognise it, there may be no legal pathway to uh, accountability and, you know, suitable punishment, but certainly in terms of the, I think, necessary job of hounding politicians who support genocide out of public life, very useful ammunition.
0: I think so. And and this is, this is how it's going to be. It's just an overarching political environment that's uh, going to come into place as a result of this. It's going to be a cloud that's going to hang over Israel, all of its politicians, all of its uh, military brass as well, and even uh, go so far as to hang over the cloud of any uh, IDF uh, soldiers who were involved in the genocide in Gaza, including pilots, ground infantry, sergeants, everything. So nobody escapes this, and there's no statute of limitations on it, so it's something that could drag on for years. It really depends on whether the political will is there. With such a broad international effort, Basil, I I tend to think that there will be more uh, political inertia on this as time goes by, because people around the world are hardly rejecting what has happened there, and they're really rejecting the State of Israel and its actions on a level that is unprecedented internationally. So that's something that uh, we can look forward to seeing. yeah exactly. there, there, was a,
1: there was a British guy went so called. I mean went to fight uh, for Israel in Gaza, Levy Simon, I think his name is um and he was he filmed himself sort of gleefully trashing the. Bedroom of a child that he'd murdered. You know, I mean, really bizarro horror stuff. And he's come back to the UK as a uh, planning on speaking to a charity earlier this week. Until uh, word got out that he would be there, and uh, they had to cancel the event when uh, protesters turned up. Um, but he should be arrested. But as you rightly point out, it's uh, you know at the moment, you know, it's a political situation more than it's a legal situation unfortunately and that's because of the capture of the uk government for example uh, by the liquid i mean it, you know in keir starmer's case it's really extremely obvious that he takes his orders from i believe a little bit controversial now i believe he takes his orders from the uk security services he's completely expunged labor of all the manifesto promises it made previously which were popular things like taking uh the uh, water industry which has been a complete disaster back into public ownership uh, you know now they're talking about cutting taxes for the rich the labor party you know cracking down on trade unions i mean there's no meaningful difference between labor and the conservatives and uh earlier this week starmer ditched the previous policy Of uh, Jeremy Corbyn of recognizing a Palestinian state. He is absolutely indistinguishable from uh, Sunak or any of the other genocide deniers
0: totally in the tank. And a fun fact about Kirstarmer, Starmer, uh, the Israeli Likudite warmongering Zippy Litmi, the uh, female uh, cabinet member under Netanyahu, there was a warrant issued uh, uh, for her arrest in the UK uh, that came around 2009, 2010. Uh, and so the law dictated that because that complaint was filed by a Palestinian solidarity campaign, that uh, law enforcement had to issue that arrest warrant. But guess who intervened? as the sort of uh, grand poobah at the Crown Prosecution Services to help undo that law it was none other than Yorkshire Starmer. So isn't that interesting? He paved the way for Israeli war criminals to uh, come and go as they please. And so all of that uh, precedent law in Britain, uh, where they had to observe uh, that arrest warrant for this Israeli uh, figure, that was all kind of brushed aside. And William Hague also was involved in the uh, uh, the parliamentary side of uh, making that all wash away, basically. It's a little fun fact of of history there to add credence she's, to what she's you're
1: saying. She's now the Israeli ambassador to the Court of St. James, you, you know, Israeli ambassador to the UK. And uh, she's been making more genocidal statements on LBC and anyone else who'll give her a platform. Wouldn't have happened. So the... There was a huge petition to have her expelled, which is what should have happened. Unfortunately, uh, the government obviously completely threw that out.
0: Basil Valentine, thank you very much for joining us this week on TNT. Thank you today's news talk much appreciated. We're going to break right now. When we come back on the other side, our legal correspondent from the Big Apple, Matthew Russell Lee is going to join us fresh out of the Trump versus E. King trial. Matthew has been tearing it up on social media on this issue. We're going to get his takes from inside the courtroom. And there's a whole lot more on the back end of that. Stay right there. We'll be back in a few.
2: Government report on prescription drug pricing points to corporate mouth. Mal- freedom
0: of the press is about your right to know. What are you talking about, man? Look at his stats. It's about your right to be informed. Your right to access all types of information keeps us free as a nation. No, 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 no. no, no. Today, there are real threats to press freedom,
2: residential areas,
0: and your right to know about the world around us.
2: Look.
0: Some threats are obvious, some are easy to miss, but they all put our way of life at risk. We must defend against all of these threats, no matter what kind of news is important to you.
2: ...justified putting American troops in harm's way. That's a great question.
0: We must protect our right to know before it's too late. Understand the threats. ProtectPressFreedom.org I want to eat.
1: and bananas why
0: can't i eat 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 apples and bananas support the feeding america nationwide network of food banks to help provide meals to those in need join us at feedingamerica.org speaking on the issues that impact this is the patrick heddingson show on tnt radio All right, folks, welcome back. We're in the final segment of the final hour here, this live broadcast on TNT. Today's News Talk, TGI Fridays. I hope it's as good for you as it's been for us today. It's been a power-packed program, but we're not done yet. I want to welcome onto the stage Matthew Russell Lee, Inner City Press, who has been absolutely scorching social media with his live tweeting and coverage of the latest Trump escapades. Matthew, I was, uh, following your live tweeting of this uh, e. Jean Carroll saga. Absolutely Unbelievable. The stuff that goes on in these courtrooms but you wouldn't know if it wasn't for people like you relaying this to the public you've been getting massive traction on this one yeah. why are people so into this trial
2: i mean yeah it I, what i find the most it's i try to do it as you know the, the the blow by blow the dialogue and i think there's been a lot of obviously you know all things trump there's interest in but this case it kind of has a me too element right it, it, it revolves around at least at, at its core um, the alleged sexual assault with a finger, with a finger, mind you. Uh, and I'm not, I'm not being dismissive. I'm just saying that that's come up in the trial in 1996 in the dressing room of Bergdorf Goodman. But the funny thing about this trial is that it's quite limited the scope of it. There was a first trial that I covered last, uh, last year, last spring in which the jury, the jury said, and this is, this is the, this is kind of, important. The jury did find against Trump and ordered him to pay, you know, millions of dollars, but they didn't say that he, that, that rape had been proven, proven. They said that assault had been proven and that's where the finger comes in. Um, so Trump wanted in this trial, his lawyers did to say, Hey, we were found, you know, not liable on rape, but the judge said, no, that, that the common, that's just the New York state definition of rape, that, that in the jury's common understanding of rape, you should be able to use the word rape. So it's been extremely, Limited, and I think a lot of people. So the main, I think, the main thing that got that got um, commentary on both sides on this one was the way in which Trump's lawyer Alina Habba was repeatedly shut down by the presiding judge uh, Kaplan, and and you know so so Trump haters say ha- have as a hack, Hava's terrible. Go back to law school. The same kind of actually, I thought maybe Habba could sue somebody because what this case is about is defamation. Basically, Eugene Carroll is saying that. When she came out with the allegation in a she wrote it in a book that according to her didn't sell very well. I've actually read the book and I, I like it. It's called uh, you know terrible men or it's it's a very funny road dialogue of her driving around the country speaking to women about problems they've had with men. And then she says that when she was doing that book, um, she's very funny. I want to say this. There are people saying she's a whack job, she's whatever they want to say. She's funny. I think I believe that she believes that this happened. Um, whether you know, it, it's it it, what, it it's a defamation case because it's so long after the statute of limitations, other than for a little wrinkle of New York state law that it's basically she came out with her allegations in 2019. It was put in New York magazine, an excerpt just about Trump and Trump very quickly, five hours after publication. Now we're getting to what the case is about. Denied it and said, I never knew her. This is B.S. You know, she's a Democratic operative. And she began or she began after publication and in some cases before Trump spoke receiving a what she called a tsunami of hate which basically comes down to tweets saying you're an old hag, you' made it up, you're an operative you know and and basically she's saying Trump should pay for all of it and they've shown that there was a certain number of these tweets that were before he said anything. This sort of gets swept under the carpet and the idea is that these people are basically doing his bidding, so he should pay for what they said. Of course, they're free to believe that. On, they're they're free to have these beliefs on their own. But a lot of it seems to come down to they're echoing his language. So even if they said these things before he said anything publicly about the excerpt, they're kind of Trumpites. They've been they've been marinated. This whole witch hunt hoax, you know. And so you end up in this trial having having Hava saying like, "Okay, here's a tweet by by rodeo cowboy. What are you, you know, calling you an old hag?" she goes yes this destroyed my world and a lot of it turns around and said well wait a second you're now much higher profile now than you were before hasn't that served you she said i may be higher profile but now people think of me as a liar and to make a long story short she wants 12 million dollars maybe 10 to repair her reputation um using specialists to to pay this came out yesterday to pay influencers like joe rogan and candace owens these were the examples given to say positive things about her and her experts said yes I believe those people are willing to do that for money so there may be another defamation case coming out I don't know if that's how it works and I don't know if you Patrick you could I mean you know who knew you could have another income stream but uh, go dude, ahead.
0: listen in the old days Matthew you know what happened in the old days you sit down with Barbara Walters you do the marquee interview, Oprah sure. Winfrey or whatever. You sit down. You might be dating it's, yourself
2: now. I think there's another, there's a king. There's there's somebody else that people like like R. Kelly did. There, there's a person that you go to for these things, but you're right. Maybe she's taking the, money for that. I mean, I don't know. It seemed, yeah. this whole thing seemed like it, there's a whole industry. And the question is, how do you put, number one, how do you put, and, and I want to say that, again, I want to say this, because right? I've okay. been, I was contacted actually this morning by some prominent, uh, I don't know, uh MAGA people they 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 love the irony here is that I just reported it as th- the things that were said and so you have and and I and I and I want to say I'm not making it up I I act kind of like Eugene Carroll I said it in the first trial that doesn't mean that necessarily 12 million dollars should be paid for being tweets either that's a different issue you know what I mean it is what it is this is a kind of a you can you can you can have sympathy on on both sides I think there's many people that have zero sympathy for Trump so Trump this is, I think, what also drew the interest. Trump came. Unlike the first trial, where he didn't come, he came and he sat in court, and he didn't just sit there. At a certain point, Judge Kaplan said, Mr. Trump, if you keep being loud, you have a right, I'm going to remove you from the courtroom, which is pretty extreme. I mean, and it didn't happen, but Trump did keep speaking. I, I don't know if it's loud. he's speaking to his lawyer, but he's saying things like they showed a video of him speaking, I think, during the, during the Iowa... Uh, you know, the day that he was out there to 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 collect his win, he said, like she's the whack job, she's full of it. <laughs> you know, so they play the tape and he's like, Yeah, it's true. Pretty loud. So, but then again, of course he believes that. Now that the big thing today the trial has gone dark, but he's supposed to come back and testify. He said he's gonna testify. He said he wanted to testify, but he couldn't testify yesterday because of his mother-in-law's funeral. The judge said, I'm not gonna stop the trial yesterday, but I'm gonna even if they closed their case yesterday, he'd leave the trial open to Monday to allow Mr. Trump to testify. Now that there's still other witnesses, no one knows what's going to happen Monday. And people, I don't know if he's going to testify because if he does, then he gets cross-examined. And I don't see a lot of upside for him, honestly. He's sort of, I think he's made the points that he wanted to make, which is that, and the judge played right into it. That's why I'm saying, in a way. These guys can't help them. So I, I know Judge Kaplan enough that he's he's like this with everybody. He's a prickly. There are people saying he's just a Clinton hack, whatever. He's a prickly guy. He's, he's, not, if you were a, he's not a person you would want to practice in front of because he's very quick to say, are you kidding me? Are you unprepared? So everyone thinks this is like Arena Habas is a terrible lawyer. Who knows? Who knows if her instructions were to draw as many objections sustained as possible? Because it seems to be catnip for for Magalwood to say, here's this corrupt and 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 prejudiced judge, even though he probably would have done it. This is just how he operates. So again, I'm not trying to be too nuanced here, but I'm saying it's it's one of those things. Again, that's it's like a that's a Rorschach test, like. I've been. I've gotten congratulations by left-leaning places, like "Thank you so much for exposing what a scam the Trump legal defense is." And and on the same token, people saying like, "Can we use this to? Can, can we please put show this on you know obscure right-wing television to show just how how corrupt the New York legal system is?" I'm like, "Go each, either side can use it. It's just it's just what was said." Now it's true, and I think the one and this is just a stylistic thing. There there are other people here. There was a, there was media from all. I mean, it was all the big. Big guys were here. Um, what people can't seem to stop themselves from doing, and it's their choice, is to opinionate. Instead of just saying, like, Haba says, What about Rodeo Cowboy? And and Kaplan mm. says, Move on, Miss Haba. They said like Haba was just slapped down again. And to me, that's just not as good. Like, why, why, why put a gloss on something that's clearly transcribable in, in a kind of interesting way? And, and then I got some Chris, somebody said, look, you're just putting it out there. You think you're being cute by putting it out there without context. You're allowing people to misunderstand it. It's like, no, I'm not. This is just what was said. Okay. It's not, it's the idea that you have to tell your reader, here's what you should think about this. Here's what was just said. And don't make any mistake. It's that Kaplan is biased, or it's that Hobbes is a MAGA, you know, an incompetent MAGA you know eye candy or whatever you know it's just it, it here it is that you know you draw your own conclusions let, so.
0: let just zoom i mean isn't this a case just zooming out a little bit matthew looking at the big picture sure. here uh you, you're getting into the clash of the titans realities here and a lot of people will look at eugene carol and think she got a win uh early she got she came but she's coming back and if she keeps coming back she's then going to have to contend with the the bigger forces of nature could it be a situation where you know when you're fighting at that level you're 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 waging war at that level with donald trump front runner right now in the 2024 gop nomination um where some people say wouldn't it be wiser of her to have basically taken the win gone you know uh high profile me too celebrity book sales all the rest of it be a spokesperson but she's coming back for to, to do the knockout punch uh in the you know in the eighth
2: round um what i do think, you it's, think it's about a little that? yeah i do i mean i i, I think I, I wouldn't put it on her i don't judge her for this case got sort of split into two cases because there was an initial defamation. this is actually called carol trump one even though it's going second she filed a defamation case initially and then She had the boondoggle of New York state changing its law to allow to waive the statute of limitations on sexual abuse. That's allowed like a case against Mario Cuomo not Mario Cuomo, Andrew Cuomo, stuff like that. So that's why it started into a second case. So it wasn't her choice. It wasn't like there was she had a win and then she filed a new lawsuit. Do you see what I mean? This case was this would have been the case, but for the change in New York law that allowed there to be a second case that was actually about the sexual assault. Now, they should have put the two together, but it's not I'm not defending her. I guess I am, but it's not her fault that they didn't consolidate the two. So they were split in two. I agree. I think this one doesn't seem it it's it's all boiled down to statements that Trump made in the course of like 24 hours after her book came out. So it's it's hard hard to say that those two statements are worth 12 million dollars. And I'm not even sure if it should be considered defamation when you defend yourself. I mean, I guess you could go too far she was saying he thought she thought he would say it it was consensual now she's just changing her mind that's what she said and i could see that i mean i I don't know what happened back then but i think he's not he may feel i don't know you the first time it came out she may he may have said who the hell is that lady but he's seen the picture now okay she was he could say it's just a photo op but it seems to me knowing he was a high-profile real estate guy in 1996, New York. She was a not unhigh-profile advice columnist for Elle with a TV show. On she made a big point. This is this is where the politics came in. She made a big point of saying her first TV show was on a station founded by Roger Ailes, and you know, so, so they were constantly trying to get in. Like this is not a. But then again, she was told to get a lawyer by George Conway, who sort of was the husband of you, you know the whole story. Anyway, he's a he's a relatively high profile anti-never Trumper Republican lawyer. Yeah. Um he's been yeah. retweeting at the inner city press. And it's so it's all it's a frenzy over here. But so I don't I guess I don't judge her. I think the judge should have consolidated the cases, but I don't mm-hmm. I don't think that this is I don't think it's even that she's a I don't think she's a money grub. I do think that she's it's exciting, right? If you if you are, she's anti-Trump, as many people are. And if you're, if something that happened to you suddenly has the potential to seemingly dog this 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 dangerous politician, who many people want to bring down, but you're in the position to actually make him come to court, who wouldn't do it? If you were, if you accept all those ifs, if you see what I'm saying. So, and I think that there's also an element. Her lawyer is a well-known, is Robbie Kaplan, sort of a well-known, me too. There's, a, there, she's also political, there's politics and there's also me too. There's many people that feel this is, this is a come comeuppance. You shouldn't just be able to like, because he hasn't paid a penny in the first case, right? He's appealing that. I don't know if she'll ever get any of this money, honestly. I just don't, I think that people misconstrue her motives That she's just a, a money grub. She's not a money grub. She's just, as anyone would be, she's like, wow, you know, suddenly many people are wronged or feel that were wrong wronged long in the past by a powerful person but suddenly her thing has, and I think that explains, she's tried to spit in another way. Why didn't she say anything between 96 and 2019? Why say nothing? Now, feminists would say, hey, you got the wrong question there. It's, it's amazing that she was able to say it ever, you know? And maybe it did, the fact that this person who did it to her suddenly was like on TV all the time. Maybe it did sort of stir her up in such a way, you know? I mean, I'm just saying you can see it I I I see. There's a trademark. I I don't I don't really just uh, just I I don't think her motives are bad. I think there's a whole there's a whole world around her. I think people are trying to make it things that are it's not. But it doesn't surprise me that someone that's a, she's a very funny person. Okay, you could go back and read her columns. She was getting cross examined about like things she said. Like what do you do about the penis? And like I mean seriously, like she it's not like she's 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 an easy target for someone mm-hmm. to say. How can you? How can you? How can you be so offended by being called a slut when you've done these tweets and advice columns about giving sex advice? And then some people say that's very unfair. And you know, anyway, I don't mean to go around in a circle, but it is. It's an extremely and the thing that's amazing that, that to me, just as a as a as a reporter slash news consumer, the fact that um, the the candidate, the Republican candidate, the major candidate. Took so two two full days between the Iowa and New Hampshire, New Hampshire primaries to come to court. I don't think it's out of any abiding respect for the rule of law or civil cases. I think this works for him. And that's the amazing thing. It works for both sides. You know, It works, it may work more for him because I haven't seen Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis being able to talk about it. And as we both know, let's let's say R.I.P. Vive. In this very yeah. stairwell, I've phrased him. And I think he, he I think he, he, he pulled the ripcord after Trump started beating up on him. I don't know if you, you caught that. The tail end of Vivek involved some, some serious shade from the Orange Man. And I think he read, he read the tea leaves, and 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 he not only dropped out, but he immediately endorsed. And then I think went to New Hampshire to ca- campaign for Trump. So, yeah, he did, he
0: did. Uh, I, I, when the, when the, when when the, the art of the insult as. Uh, but he did a kind of very subtle nudge there on Vivek from Trump standards, and I think sure. that was it was it was enough to kick him into touch on that. Yeah. So that that's amazing. Nikki Haley, uh, Ron DeSantis. Yeah, Haley looks like they've uh, we're, we're switching gears here, but uh, sure. this this is absolutely related. It was a great campaign campaign move to stay in the media for Trump. It hasn't hurt him with his base clearly. Mm-hmm. Republican opponents they're not going to push him on the E. Jean Carroll Me Too issue. It's not au fait. Um uh, for GOP at the moment, but so heading into New Hampshire, uh, it actually they did the, the election denial issue did creep into this trial, didn't it? Uh, with the jurors, oh, with some jurors, oh,
2: absolutely. There were two. I was actually just just before we did this segment, I was in the Mad Court talking to a, a, a court security officer about that because there was there was they, he was surprised that two were even willing to say yeah that one of the questions asked of the jury pool potential jury pool was, you know, who among you believes the 2020 election was stolen? And like, juror 48, I do. Mm -hmm. Juror 49, a woman, I do. Juror 49 was also, he also asked, who here hasn't been vaccinated? Juror 49. (laughs) So it's interesting, you know. So there's a oh, there was a correlation in, intersectionality there. of Inter, uh, yeah there was a there was a demographic and again <laughs> because there were so many people here there were people saying like oh they're you know we know what media they're they're watching you know it's like you could tell the on the other side you had people that was clear so many people were like well i get my news from the times and you know and and uh one guy once somebody said uh, pod save america i don't know if you've heard of it but they didn't it's a, it's a liberal pretty much. I'd say it's a liberal podcast. And Kaplan had never heard of it because he was like, what's that again? God save America. So then the pod save America people retweeted it and went crazy saying, uh, uh, I, I mean, maybe you're going to, you're going to show it that, um, you know, that they should turn that into a t-shirt. You know, everyone's, everyone's a flapping a, pro- a product, including me. I have a book on the first trial. Are you still there? Patrick? I'm seeing. A, yeah. uh, okay. Yeah, you, are you trying frozen. to put, put something up? Oh, all right. Well, I can, I can, I can, I can, sing and dance here. I'm gonna. I can. I can't see a clock here, but I will tell you that there's other news in the world, as I'm sure we both know. As well, while you try to unfreeze yourself, and here, right here in the Southern District of New York courthouse, the former president of Honduras, Juan Orlando Hernandez, is set to go on trial in February. And yesterday, he spoke for himself and tried to get it postponed, saying he's been subject to death threats and that the da infiltrated his defense but it was all to no avail and he will still go to trial and in, in Honduras this is huge I've been like I don't know people were saying like why are you aren't you covering Honduras why are you covering Trump but you gotta you know you gotta you gotta uh please the home crowd Patrick
0: yeah yeah so uh, a little okay. bit more okay oh, cool. we, yeah no, we still got we still got the frozen issue, but uh, back to you, Matthew. We'll go full screen to Matthew uh, on that. Oh wow, really? So I, got, so, so, the- uh,
2: I will. So people again, I, people may not have heard of Juan Hernando Hernandez. He actually was thought of as being a kind of conservative, pro-Trump president, but he also is widely accused, and his brother has been convicted of moving thousands of kilos of cocaine into the United States. And his famous quote from the first trial was was We're going to stick it up the nose of the gringo." So it's hard to live that one down. But yesterday he 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 appealed to the patriotism of Judge Castell. He said, "America threw out, uh, you know, threw off the British because, as a matter of tyranny, they tried to take people from the U.S. for trial in England, and witnesses couldn't go over. And I've been taken from Honduras, and I can't get any witnesses. Your Honor, you know, set me free." And the judge was like, "No, I'll see you for trial in February." So. That's a trial we're going to cover, and it's there's a lot of there's it's interesting. I think the fact that now not his party is no longer in power is taking a little bit out of the air of the balloon. It seems kind of like Schadenfreude to see him. I don't see as there's any danger of him returning um, to power. But I think people I, there's a there's a, 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 often a sense of a, a desire to kind of revenge or accountability, however you how, however you construe it. But it's it's a it's, it's 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 a lot of cocaine. That's all I can tell you. And it's a major country and it was he was a kind of a he, he 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 had some sit-downs with uh with the trump state department about stopping uh the flow of immigration It didn't really seem to stop the flow of cocaine on him
0: on the immigration issue matthew new york city still is kind of ground zero on that eric adams uh the big news last couple of weeks was that he had to commandeer school gymnasiums in order to house busloads of immigrants and children were den- you know, had to be sent home because the schools had to be closed and et cetera. Um, how much of yeah. a political backlash uh, is this in reality? And does he still have the support uh, even with this sort of migrant crisis in New York?
2: I think what he's done, he's done and, and you know, he's a, he's nothing but a savvy politician. I mean, he's, he's positioned himself as kind of, yes, we are in New York and we have to, you know, if people show up here, we're not going to like have them sleep in the street, but he's definitely—he's not only like denounced Greg Abbott, Greg Abbott of Texas, and sued the bus companies that bring people up. He's also pretty been pretty critical of the Biden administration. I think he was supposed to be in the upcoming general election, kind of a uh, a, a uh, what do you say, a surrogate of color, and then that's been thrown by the roadside. So I think he's—I mean, I think he's—it's not that he's this incredibly principled person. I think it works better in New York because it would if he went full throttle. As some do here, of just like we, of course, we have to because the the real it's not just the sort of sort of you know uh, people being not not greedy people saying what about my tax dollars and these because I mean people shouldn't sleep in the street it's pretty it's pretty clear obviously there's a bigger picture of like how people are being being bussed up I think there is I'll get to to a second which it may it but I think he's been smart of sort of positioning himself as not among the most quote, unquote, welcoming of the progressives, but saying, we need more money, this is destroying our budget. And, and you know, the reality is, though, that people ultimately, they look at their own services, and they see the real conflict that you have is that, you know, it's nice to be nice. But if you end up treating, you know, absolutely recent, recent arrivals better than you're treating poor people in New York, there's a contradiction. So there has to be some that they have to, that's something they need to watch out for. For example, it's set up. So it's like the perception is, is that somebody comes from Venezuela, is bust up to New York from Texas, and is quickly in a line for an apartment in New York. I don't know. If, I don't really think that's true, but I think that in, in some cases it has been true. And then you have like long-term homeless people in New York. So it's kind of like what's going on here. So that's, he's that's the 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 he has other problems of course he, he may be indicted i may be out here in the in a hallway a week a month six months from now and we'll be talking about an eric adams indictment because it is true that his phones were, were seized by the prosecutors of this federal district and several of his uh campaign people have been you know named as having taken money or stepped down so the the drum roll is coming
0: So that's uh, that's an interesting one. And uh, look, we're going to go to break in a second Uh, quickly. Your reaction, the rehabilitation and renovation of Nikki Haley, they've turned her into this common feminine wearing long dresses. She's gone to finishing school. Uh, She's like not the sort of hardened wicked witch of the West. What do you think of this makeover?
2: No, I mean, I think it's honestly, I think actually she I could see why in her mind and her supporters mind, she would be a good general election. Uh, candidate. I mean, I think having seen her at the UN, I, I have my my doubts about the seriousness of anything that's being said about reform. But I mean, I think the idea is in her pitch is do you, you know Americans don't want a race between two 80 year eighty-year-olds, and she's something new. And I, by playing up the feminine, she can kind of. I think there's the idea that the 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 swing vote and all these things are like suburban moms, and so she plays it up. She's like. My, that's why she made massive points attacking Vivek, right? Because Vivek, Vivek said your daughter's on TikTok. She was like, "Don't you talk about my daughter?" And that's supposed to be very relatable um, in the suburban in the suburban world, and it probably is. I just don't see it unless unless Trump suffers a, a knockout punch by some court, I don't see how she gets the nomination. But she's definitely well, there and waiting, and I just think she'll stay into the end. I don't see her dropping We'll see. We'll see,
0: South Car- we'll see what nets at South Carolina. Matthew Russell-Lee, thank you, from Inner City Press. Follow Matt on Substack and Twitter. Thank you for joining us. Definitely. Anytime. There he goes, ladies and gentlemen. That's all for this week. TNT signing out. Patrick Henningsen, take care of you guys. All the best.